Welcome to the award-winning show, Holding Down the Fort, brought to you by U.S. Vet Wealth. A podcast show that focuses on sustaining a fulfilling, a purposeful military life through conversation and community building. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and creator of Holding Down the Fort. And I'm Jenny Lynn Stroop, a seasoned military spouse, mom of two boys, and your co-host. Together, we'll converse with special guests from the military community and for the community to share knowledge, resources, and relevant stories on how we can best hold down the fort for ourselves and our loved ones. Now let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of our award-winning podcast show, Holding Down the Fort. I am your creator and co-host, Jen Amos, and as always, I have my incredible co-host with me, Jenny Lynn Stroop. Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Hey, glad to be here today. Yes, and we are so excited because we have another local, I'd like to say, in Virginia Beach slash Norfolk that is joining us on our show today. And as I start to anticipate my move back to Virginia Beach, at least at the time of this recording, (laughs) woohoo! I am trying to remember like all the people we interviewed on our show that are also in Virginia Beach that I have to reach out to now and try to start building that local network, which I'm really, really, really excited for. But all that being said, let me go ahead and introduce you all to our guests here on Holding Down the Fort. We have Maria Victoria Caldona Bennett, who is a busy mom of two under two, a military spouse with a diversity of projects from remote work to digital creations, and also doing volunteer work with VertForce, which is an amazing organization that Scott and I happen to be really good friends with Kimber Hill, who is a creator of that. So shout out to Kimber. Also, you are currently a developmental psychology college student. And so without further ado, Maria, Victoria, welcome to Holding Down the Force. So let's go ahead and start off. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on that you're juggling at the moment. So I want to start by asking you the question, what does holding down the fort look like for you nowadays? And basically what I'm asking is, give us a snapshot of your life. Basically, first and foremost, is, of course, making sure that I'm taking care of myself and my mental health so that I can be able to pour into others, pour into myself so I can pour into others. Would that be like, you know, those around me, my friendships, my husband and my kids, of course. Yeah. For me, that sums it about up and just, you know, doing my daily things. I got to do like, you know, schoolwork or just household stuff. Cause I don't really have much going on besides that since, you know, the pandemic and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were talking a little bit about this offline about like how even when I was thinking about like 2020 and how that was going to be the year that I was going to start to make like local friends in Virginia Beach. And then obviously the pandemic hit and like everything shut down. It was hard to, you know, socialize. And so one thing I started to reflect on for myself is how important it has been for me during this season of the pandemic to just be mentally busy. So it's like, I like how, you know, despite being at home and having all this time, it's like, you want to fill it up anyway. And I imagine that maybe you're feeling the same way too, where it's like, I don't want to just do nothing. Yes. I actually have been exploring my creative side again with like different art forms, whether it be sketching. I found something with painting and I, for, I forgot what it was called, but I'm hoping I can get into that as well as getting back into playing guitar as well. Oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> different things. Yeah. yeah. Always try to keep myself mentally busy during the pandemic. How about you, Danielle? Any thoughts? <laughs> any things you want, anything you want to add? I don't ever know that I'm not mentally busy. That is the one thing that is always busy is the things inside my head. Lots of thoughts all the time. But I mean, yeah, I got a job during the pandemic. So, you know, it's been pretty busy. PCS, two kids in school, husband out to sea, never a dull moment here. Jenny Lynn, that is why I like your sleeping regimen, because it just seems like it's like that time where you hyper focus on just like mentally shutting down for the day. 
And I know for myself, that is something I need to do a better job at. Cause like literally last night I was up to like 2am, like telling myself it was time to shut down, but I felt like there was always something else I needed to find to do before I shut down. On the same way, I usually like have like a never ending list of things to do. And like, if I think about it at that moment, like I got to do it, but then I've learned actually pretty recently just darkening everything, not having nightlights. Cause I used to have nightlights as weird as yeah. it sounds, but yeah, like it helps to like shift the mood and the atmosphere and I'm able to like sleep really fast. So I don't know if that could probably help. I don't know. Yeah. I just, it's so funny how we're having this continuation of a sleep regimen, but you know, thinking about like having like sleeping pills and, you know, weighted blankets and eye cover and, you know, like, what do you call those blackout curtains? Blackout curtains. Yeah. Blackout curtains. Like that's something I definitely need to have. But, you know, as I start to anticipate this move back to Virginia beach, I'm going to start to envision like the perfect sleeping room. <laughs> um, starts with the book. That's all you really need. You just need a book before bed and your brain so shuts off from your own thoughts and you, it's fiction you can only read fiction at night don't read something where you have to learn something <laughs> keep your brain busy that's a good Pro idea tip. oh thanks, thanks for sharing <laughs> that yeah so thank you maria victoria for giving us a snapshot of your life today one thing we talked about offline that i think is you know worth bringing up now is how you know as a military spouse you were mentioning offline like how there are different seasons in your life different you know, chapters, et cetera, et cetera. And one thing that you have recently come to learn for yourself is to be gentle with yourself with every season of your life. So tell us a little bit more about that and kind of how you came to that epiphany to just be more gentle with yourself. Um, I actually came about it through, believe it or not, a therapy session with a counselor that I am actually currently seeing right now uh, virtually. So she's like, okay, just tell me everything that's going on. So I listed a bunch of problems and she was like, yeah, you just, towards the end of the session, she said something along the lines of, remember this, you are perfect even while in progress, but also remember that while you're going through your, you know, your progress and your processing of past trauma and even just the ups and downs of life that you have to be gentle and give yourself grace because, I mean, like we're living in a society where we are constantly bombarded with images and media of what it's supposed to look like. But honestly, like that's a false visage. Like that's just a false, false image. And there's like just high pressure. So add that into being in the military community, you think you got to keep it all together. And that's just not the truth. That's not true. And I think that's probably why a lot of people are not wanting to go out there even before COVID to make, you know, the effort to connect with people. And so that's why I think there's a lack of connectivity with, you know, even in the military community with base housing, at least for me, but I'm learning that. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you kind of mentioned that, like, because we sort of portray ourselves as like super busy all the time, it's in fact caused us to be more disconnected with each other. You know, there's not that relatability of like, yeah, but I have down days too. You know, I have days where I like absolutely do nothing. But if, you know, if you are observing someone just purely on what they post on social media, it's easy to kind of just see them in a certain light that doesn't actually represent them as a whole. Jenny Lynn, just want to check in with you. You know, Maria Victoria said the magical words of mental health and therapy. So I'm sure you have something to add to that. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love a good counselor? I had counseling just this morning and it's great. No, really what I was thinking when she said, you know, you about being in progress, like one of the things that I love about like the 12 step program and that one of the slogans is progress, not perfection. And they spell perfection with a K, which as a recovering perfectionist drives me insane. 
also that's the whole point is that like you know you're a work in progress and you don't have to be perfect you know and this reminds me a little bit of a previous episode we did where we talked about like online imaging and how we portray ourselves and how you know i was very upfront about saying like look you're not going to find a picture of me that i don't have my hair done and my makeup on because that's just how I am every day. Well, not, let's be honest, not every day. But if I'm putting a picture on the internet, like that's what it's going to look like. And also I can still be transparent and vulnerable about things in my life, but this is the image that I want, you know, want to put out there. And so I think it's really important to continue to have that conversation about like all this stuff online is not, it, it's the highlight reel. Even with folks who are being vulnerable, and I say that as someone who writes and puts my words on the internet for people to read about hard things like that I'm very transparent about, you know, it's still the hard that I was willing to write about that day. Like there's plenty of hard that, you know, I talked to my counselor about full stop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then something I think that, you know, like I love how you always like to wear makeup all the time, Jenny Lynn, but there's more to that. It's not just like you trying to like put this exterior out there. It's really your self-care. It's really for you to feel good about yourself. And if people were to just judge you for what you posted on social media, they would probably think otherwise. They wouldn't think that is for your own self-care. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know. Do you like my fancy new earrings today? They're yeah. so fun. <laughs> I These love- are just for me. I bought myself a fall present. They're uh, shiny and have feathers. I love it. <laughs> I like stick to like certain jewelry just because like I know that especially if it's big as that I forget to take it off and then I end up breaking it or something or losing it it's really bad like I am awful with jewelry so I think that's a a good idea because I always have the initial thought of like why do my friends wear makeup or you know especially moms and when I became a mom like that's a good thing to take time to actually do things for yourself it's not selfish it's self-care and it's good for you because like I said it's setting that foundation for you to be able to pour into others so it's kind of that saying that goes, instead of saying hurt people, hurt people, it's more like healed people, heal people. And I think that's what you're saying. It's kind of like, you know, based on, like you can give based on how good you feel about yourself in a sense. Yeah. So Maria, Victoria, as we were talking offline, I feel like there is just so much life lessons that you have gained on your journey so far as a military spouse. So I feel like right now it's really, really, we're just having this conversation to share a couple of those, you know, life lessons. And one of the other ones that you had shared with us is as a military spouse, you have learned that you have to be open-minded to different cultures and perspectives. So tell us a little bit more about that and, and kind of how you came to that realization. I came to that realization because number one, it is, oh my gosh, where I start. First and foremost is because of my family's culture. So like my mom and dad are both Filipino. So they're, you know, they're pretty cool and they're laid back and chill, but it wasn't until like I experienced having kids and then like gaining weight was, and like coming back home to my hometown, seeing firsthand the, um, the viewpoints that are different from that of my parents, because they're different. I'm like, I'm not going to say who it is. It, it's basically the generation before my parents. I went through a lot of scrutiny for my weight and I worked hard to lose it. And honestly, it was so heart-wrenching to hear those kind of words from not only uh, certain family members, but also family friends. And they would, I've experienced to where they would say it in front of my face and they'll say, oh, it's only because we love you. But then I would go to my parents and be like, why would they say, you know, let in front of my face? They're like, well, you have to understand it's different. That's the reason why we don't say those things in front of you because that's not what we believe. We love you for who you are and that you're, we believe you're on a journey. So it's different. And then experiencing my husband's side of the family, which is totally understanding, open-minded, just about everything. And he's actually French. So I learned a lot from there. And then 
lastly, being married to someone in the military, I realized there's different people from different walks of life. And that helped me to understand that I can't just see it from my perspective. And that even if I don't agree with certain things about people or their beliefs, I have to be open-minded. And that's, you know, that's how you, I don't know, I guess spread the love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> understanding compassion because you need to, people need to be more empathetic. And I really want to portray that. When people meet me, like, I want a person to say like, oh, she's understanding. She heard me out. I don't want to have a person. I never try to represent myself as someone fake. You know, I'm very transparent. I'm very respectable and understanding. So yeah, that, that's, I yeah. love that. Well, thank you for sharing. And I'm also a fellow yeah. Filipina. So, hey, <laughs> and <laughs> I can completely relate to the story of, you know, relatives just straight up saying, you know, you gained weight, like you're fat, you know, like I especially yeah. got it firsthand from my mom who is an immigrant from the Philippines. And, you know, there's this one story that keeps coming up in my mind. Like the last time I was really at a family party was when it was like the first time in a while I had seen these relatives. And it was the first time where I felt like I chose the attire I wanted to wear. Like I was going to wear jeans instead of dresses, which is what they're used to me seeing. And, you know, for once I felt like, oh, like, you know, jeans and a blazer. I feel like an adult now. Like now my family can see me as an adult. But then like the entire time I was at this party, you know, my grandma was like, you look so different. I don't know why. And then she asked me that again, the 100th time at this party. And eventually my mom was like, oh, it's because she got fat. And I was like, wow, thanks mom. And you know, one thing that I feel like I've learned just kind of maybe what you gathered as well is that, you know, at least with like in the Filipino culture coming from the Philippines asking like, you know, often they ask like, are you hungry or did you eat yet? Actually, it's always like, did you eat yet? And I think part of that is just, you know, showing that they care and making sure that you're fed and, and what have you. But, you know, if you are Americanized, you know, in a sense, and empathy and sensitivity and feelings are, you know, normalized in American society, that can come off really offensive <laughs> when, when someone just tells you, you know, that you're fat or to tell you that you have gained weight. And so I think like the beauty of being in the military community, that it is probably like the most diverse community out there, I think in, in America at least. And like you come across people from all walks of life and you start to realize that, you know, maybe there are some cultures who also share that same experience of, you know, fat shaming or body shaming in a sense, or, you know, some people who revere being a little heavy, right? And so I like that in your experience and also sounding like you are in an interracial marriage to understand that like, you know, your family and your experiences with your family and culture is not like a blanket statement of all of America or all of the military. It's kind of like, oh, like I was raised this way, but in hearing other people's cultures, like, you know, it's, it's not so bad, or I can have a, a bigger perspective of this and realize that, you know, yeah, maybe my grandparents didn't mean to ask that in an offensive way. Maybe they meant it in a, in yeah. a caring way. Yeah. I mean, just speaking about it, I don't know, like it brings back a lot of memories, even when I was in my early twenties and my grandparents would have people over and they would like talk with their little friends and they would be like, oh, so how is your grandson, the pilot doing? And do you think so-and-so would want to talk to I think my grandmother was talking to her best friend, who's also Filipino, and trying to get her granddaughter to meet my brother at that time, to you know, and I was like, I never realized that, I guess, arrange, arrangements were still a thing, and then just like, it like, threw me back, like, so bad, I was like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> They're like, I'm here, like, choosing my love, and 
There are some yes. people still getting, you know, getting assigned in a sense and getting set up. And yeah, I mean, that yeah. very much is still a thing. I mean, it is quite fascinating to know that. I mean, actually, this is like, I feel like this is like not really like a military related conversation, but I think it's still worth talking is like, the reality is, you know, it's only really in the last century, I believe, where people married for love. But if you look at like all parts of the world and even historically, like people would get married for like alliances or for political reasons or, you know, for more land. And so it is interesting when, you know, we kind of benefited from this, you know, generation of choosing for love. And then yet, yet, you know, we still, we still hear that there's like such things as arranged marriages. It's quite astounding. It is. It's it's just, it's shocking, but at the same time, interesting to see that happen. But I'm just going to say, I'm glad that America is so diverse and that there's options. I'm just going to say that. I'm so happy. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Jenny Lynn had to jump off, but we can continue our conversations. So it's just, it's you and I today. Awesome. Well, yeah, no, I think that's a very fascinating conversation to have and to observe. And, you know, it's part of like, you know, for someone such as myself, I grew up as a military child for the first 10 years of my life. And 20 plus years later, I meet my, you know, husband who is already a veteran and the work we do today is focused on the military community. And so, you know, even without having our business working with the military community, I like still being associated with the military community because of its overall diversity and despite all that to still work as a unit and to still, you know, help one another. And then even if you are not active duty, but you are, let's say a military spouse, like you still get to benefit from that spirit of service amongst other spouses and and other people in the community. So, you know, it's something that I continue to like, just appreciate, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's really cool. Like how, I don't know. Sorry. You said service and that totally got me because that that's one of my favorite things to do is, is to help others and hearing other people's stories and just seeing how like you could be of help to others. But I don't know. That's probably just a big hard thing. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's kind of like we said earlier, it's like in order to be helpful to others, you know, it has to come from like feeling good about yourself. And, you know, one of the other things you also wanted to share is, you know, I think even before you do that, you have to feel good about yourself. And part of that is adapting to change, right? Like being able to go through the motions of military life. And so I know that that is one lesson that you also learned is to be adaptable to change. And once you do, you can learn to pivot and maneuver through this lifestyle. So I'm curious if you had any more thoughts about that and sharing that with me offline. There are too many instances to name on top of my head, but like being adaptable, especially in this lifestyle is so important, but also remembering you don't have to be, might kind of sound double negative, strong. You're strong for asking for help. You're strong for, you know, even if you're on a Facebook group asking for help whenever you don't have that support of your spouse or a friend. And I've seen so many people actually reach out and get the help from random strangers that become best friends. That's what happened with me. I actually met a really good friend up in Quantico when I had my son. Mm-hmm. I actually almost nearly died having him postpartum, well, had him, and then I almost died afterwards because they didn't, you know, realize I had a medical condition. My but goodness. having that community and the availability through uh, Facebook, because of that, it actually saved my life, my mental health, and also my physical life. So reaching out and, and just it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Yeah. Because if you don't reach out and, you know, then you're not going to get the help you need. That's one thing that's been the hardest for me because I've always tried to do things on my own. 
Yeah, I think if there's one thing that the military community does to all of us is depend on each other. <laughs> you know, yes. like maybe at first it's kind of like, no, I can do this. I can be like the super spouse, <laughs> right? I can like do it all. I can handle it all. I can juggle it all. And I think part of that evolution that I think every spouse and every member of this community goes through for that matter is getting to a place where it's like, I could do it all, but I shouldn't do it all. <laughs> like I should, you know, get help. And like you said, it's not a sign of weakness. It's not bad, you know, to do it. It actually is even more impactful. And one thing that we like Jenny Lynn and I had often mentioned in our past conversations is that like some people like to offer help, right? Some people find fulfillment in being there for you and listening to you and wanting to help you. And so I think like just in that spirit of community, you know, which is a big thing we talk about on the show is so essential. And if anyone happens to be listening to this episode and you forget that, here's a good reminder again, (laughs) you know, the importance of community. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. So you and your husband have basically been active duty for, you know, nearly a decade now. And although you identify as a military spouse, I know that it is extremely important for you to continue to chase after your dreams and passions. And so I know one of the things that you currently are doing is, you know, being a developmental psychology college student. So tell us about that and kind of how you decide to get into this field and, you know, study this in the midst of, I guess, everything, (laughs) military life. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's funny because I kept going back for the change my major like like seven times. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's more than me. I changed my major three times. Like you're the first person who's changed your major more than me. That's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. So I came upon it because I love mental health. I think it's such an important aspect of who a person is. And so the reason why I chose developmental psychology is because I've always wondered what does a healthy family structure look like? Because I came from a family structure that wasn't actually, you know, fully put together. My parents were actually divorced and I went through some stuff. And so I was like, okay, well then what does a family structure look like? How can a family flourish despite the chaos and the ups and downs of life? And so I want to go to the doctorate level if possible with that. And I wanted to be a better mom before, you know, since I have kids. And so that would actually help out as well. My husband and I, so diving into this, we want to open up a a nonprofit or maybe a nonprofit organization working with animals. And I'm hoping I can utilize my psychology degree at the doctorate level so that we can help the military community with their, with their mental health as a family or the service member or the military spouse, whoever, you know, needs the help. And I 100% believe that animals, especially dogs, because my dog helped me through a lot of dark times. If we can train them to be of service, to help people in the military community heal, I feel like that would be like such an awesome, awesome thing. And so my husband loves dogs. I love dogs. I'm hoping we can go further into other animals as well. We'll see like where that leads, but yeah, that's my heart. My heart is for people and seeing them becoming whole and who they're meant to be. So if that makes any sense. And I I really want to use animals and my degree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know that, you know, for many military families, it is difficult to have pets, (laughs) you know, with every PCS, it's actually like really expensive. We we had a past conversation about this. It's really expensive to like, you know, let's say send a dog from the United States to South Korea. But either way, one thing that we've also been fortunate to have conversations with are people who started nonprofits for veterans. And in the equestrian space, you know, like having horses and having veterans take care of horses. And I even see the, I guess, like 
how therapeutic it is to witness my husband being a veteran, having our dog. Just fun fact, our dog has never been alone, like ever. Like, I mean, if he has, probably only been like 15 minutes, but we like for the five years, like this month we celebrated his fifth birthday or uh, 39, 39 years in dog years. Apparently there's a whole science behind it. Like apparently the first year they're like, they, they age like by 15 years. And then after that they age, the second year is nine years. And then every year after that, it's like five years. That's, that's what I found out apparently. And so our dog is 39 years old. I was like, oh great. He's older than me. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I just see how much he is happier because of our dog. And I do like kind of that strategy in a sense. It's like sometimes you know, part of a therapy and healing is not necessarily through words. Sometimes it is difficult to explain like what we've been through, but to, let's say, care for an animal, it's an action. It's, um, you know, putting someone before you in a sense. And I feel like that's sort of the spirit of our military community is like putting other people first in a sense. And, you know, to do that with animals, you know, that love you for it and don't like, you know, shame you for it or reprimand you for it. It's like, I can, I can really see the, how therapeutic that can be. And I really love that. That is something that you and your husband want to do in the future. Yes. <laughs> I'm very psyched about it. I can't wait. Like I wanted to also maybe do art. So for my doctorates, I was going to, there's a school here that actually has an art program. <laughs> it's crazy since the school I'm going to currently doesn't do the doctorate level. So I'm hoping I can get accepted into that program and maybe expand beyond just our animal therapy. Yeah. Hopefully maybe like into different art forms as well, depending on how long it takes me to get to the doctor level, which I guess it would take a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll keep you busy, right? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love that. I, I love how, you know, in a way you have you know, taking your experience of military life and being a military spouse and your husband having served for nearly a decade now to, you know, to take into your studies and see what you could do to eventually give back in your own way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing I really appreciate about the military community is that, you know, whether you're still in it or you've already served, a lot of us are just, you know, we, we look out for each other, you know, like we know our issues the best. And yes, the government does its best to provide whatever resources or organizations we need, but they can only do so much. We can only take too much of our taxpayer dollars, you know, to provide these services. And so to have people such as yourself that want to build something like this, I think is really inspiring. Aside from like just sharing that, um, mental health shouldn't be taboo. I'm just going to say <laughs> that it, it shouldn't be taboo. It is perfectly normal to get the help that you need or your service member or any part of your family, because it's super, super important to be mentally healthy, not just physically, but mentally. Yeah. That's all I got to add. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I think that that is extremely important. And, you know, if you're not working on yourself outside of the military life and you're not taking care of your mental health, I think it's really easy to become bitter, you know, in your experience. And I know that's something that you wanted to mention as well. Like, you know, it is important to take care of yourself because you could be bitter. And I'm curious if you have a story where you accidentally (laughs) arrived to that place of bitterness. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. First four years, well, actually five years of marriage. It's a real shame to say, but like at the same time, it's a very transparent and very vulnerable moment right now. But I honestly didn't like the lifestyle. I, I just like, I hated my life. I just, A, because I quit my school at 75%. I I was studying to become a medical assistant. And there was, um, I'm not going to say any names, but like there was an individual that I met 
and through one of the groups um, on Facebook, I was like, you should definitely like move in together fast. And we were married at that time. And it's like, oh, cheating this, you could, you know, the whole like, people will say that cheating is so high, but that's not always the case, you know? And so I started having insecurity issues. And so I quit my school. And that's one of my biggest regrets is letting someone's opinion affect the path of my dreams and goals. So I suddenly became better that way. And also dealing with my own trauma from my past, which was pretty recent at that time. I think it was like 2013 to 2015. One of those years, but never... If I could, that's one of the biggest advice I would get if, is if you're a new spouse, never let one's opinions, especially those who may be older, who are married, you know, to a service member or even any age for that matter, dictate your decisions on how you move and progress through your own life and through your own marriage and through your own goals, because it's important that you make your own decisions. And let your decision make me based on what you want and what you and your service member have talked about. You know, don't let the insecurities and and the rumors be, you know, the uh, basis. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you for sharing such a sensitive topic. We've had a conversation about this in the past of, you know, just this uncomfortable, unspoken clash often between, let's say, military spouses and female service members and kind of this insecurity Mm -hmm. of, you know, this, I would say valid, you know, this valid insecurity of, you know, possible cheating happening. And, you know, it's kind of a topic that we often don't bring up really on the show, just because it is quite a sensitive, delicate topic. But either way, what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, despite the advice you get from other, let's say, seasoned spouses, it's still important for you Mm -hmm. to make your own decision at the end of the day, because, you know, we could, you know, I, I often say even to my friends, I said, you know, your, your advice and all is great, but I'm the one that has to live with the consequences. I'm the one that's going to have to deal with it. So like, yes, I appreciate the advice. Thank you for telling me. And I'm going to, I'm going to add that into my decision-making process, but it's not going to be like the dominant reason as to why I decide to do certain things. So I appreciate you, you know, sharing that. And, you know, it sounds like in a way you also felt a little bit robbed of your education because of those, you know, insecurities, but it sounds like you're in a better place now to, especially now that you're studying again, you know, to kind of own your life again, own your uh, story and your confidence and, and yeah. live this life the way that you want to live it. Yeah. I would like to add one more thing that I just learned recently is as your spouse ranks up, it can be, and this is another transparent moment. It can be easy to feel like you're not moving up at the same rate or maybe not at a rate at all, but it's okay to go through the feeling of jealousy, but to also remember that you're processing those strong emotions if you're human, but to also remember that you're going through your own journey of pursuing your own passions and projects and goals. And your whole life isn't always defined by the military. I don't know if that makes any sense. Cause I found myself going through feelings like that. I'm like, really? But I just got this little certificate. And he's like, yeah, I just did this. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's a learning experience. You are an important person too, is what I want to tell every, every dependent. And also to celebrate with the military service member, despite feelings like that. Uh, <laughs> well, also, I, also I think like, I think what you're saying and what, what, I, what I'm hearing is that their win is your win. You know, like, mm-hmm. what is it? A couple years ago, my husband's business, we received an award. It was called, it was like Startup Entrepreneur of the Year given to us through the Rosie Network and San Diego Business Journal. And he was the one that received the award. He was the one that gave the acceptance speech. 
and here I was feeling like, like, you know, I was kind of living under his shadow, but I have learned in time to be like, that was my win too. Like I am an award-winning business too, <laughs> you know, cause by extent, cause I was a part of this effort. And so I think that being said, it's like, you know, his win is your win too. And I definitely understand that feeling of like kind of feeling behind or feeling like you're, you're falling behind because you're, you know, helping, let's say your husband excel more in his career than yours. But it's like, I think it's a two-way street. You know, I think eventually in time you'll be able to, you know, the tables will turn and hopefully your spouse will be able to support you. But in the meantime, you can still create space for yourself to succeed and find an identity outside of, you know, outside of your husband. And not that Mm -hmm. that's like always the struggle of the military spouse. And I also don't like how I myself, I'm saying that starting with that context of being out, you know, doing stuff outside. But ultimately what you're (laughs) saying, what I'm hearing you say is like just that importance of, you know, knowing your worth and knowing your identity and knowing that, you know, everyone is on their own journey of progress. Exactly. And everything. So, so yeah, I love that. <laughs> and so uh, one of the last things, Maria Victoria, that you wanted to share is that, you know, networking is extremely important. Like we talked early on, we were talking about the importance of community, community building, but not mm-hmm. just community building, but, you know, building community for your professional network. So tell us a little bit about that yeah. and how building a professional network has looked like for you. For me, it has looked like being on Facebook and I didn't realize it actually could be a professional place and discovering Vert Force has been like, like I said, an awesome game changer. I've met some really awesome people and that's how I found out about holding on the yeah. fort and your mission. And I was like, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's really, really cool. And then seeing Kimber's mission and what she was doing through Vert Force and people like April Wilhelm and just different other people. And it just honestly brings me a lot of joy seeing that and it's helped to expand my horizons on how I see myself in the future and what I want to do and what my dreams are. Cause I never even knew really what that looked like until I started networking with people. So go on Facebook and then also realizing the importance of LinkedIn. I thought of, I never understood it, but I've met some really great people through LinkedIn as well. I learned that through Burt Force and my volunteer time there. What else? And I've learned how to network professionally. And I didn't even know that was even a thing. Professional networking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I just thought I was like, just apply for a job and that's it. I, I didn't realize the power of networking. That's how I got one of my jobs previous to, to Vert Force. But now I understand the power of networking is super important. No matter where we go, it's important, especially in the military community, to network with people, even if it's through your neighborhood, virtually in any capacity of conferences, because you never know who you might meet and some awesome ideas might be coming up and it could be helpful to that person or to the community. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite books, it's called Upward Spiral by Alex Korb. And he talks about, you know, one of the best ways to reduce depression is to be in community with people. And not that we were talking about depression or anything, but it just reminds me about yeah. like, to me, it sounds like you're so level-headed because, you know, from talking about community at the very beginning to you discovering what professional networking is and seeing immediately seeing the benefits of that, you know, I think all of this is to say is that we need each other, you know, like we need each other and we need to stay connected. And especially now in the time of the pandemic where everyone is at home, I think building these relationships is more important than ever. And, you know, thank goodness we have technology. I think if there's any time to be in a pandemic in any time in history, it's this time because <laughs> we have, we yes. have Zoom, we have Facebook, we have, you know, all these online groups. And we're also at a generation, I believe that values mental health 
you know, if anything, especially in the military community. So yeah, you know, Maria Victoria, I just appreciate, you know, everything you have shared, all the lessons you have learned in this last decade of a military spouse life. Is there anything else that uh, comes to mind for you uh, that you want to, you know, you want to share to our listeners? Well, since we were talking about networking in a community, one of the things that I found very helpful to help connect others, and even whenever, I guess, as a military family moves, is to don't be ashamed to share your story, no matter what the other person may think, because you never know how it may help them, and you never know if it might open up a possibility for a friendship. Um, of course, you know, you gauge, you know, who you talk to and stuff, but I mean, like, don't be ashamed of your past. Don't be ashamed of what you went through, both good and bad. Yeah, just, you don't have to be ashamed of hiding who you are, if that makes any sense, because it, it honestly will open up so many doors to so many different ways of healing, opportunities, especially for this community that's constantly in transit and all constantly just on the go, you know what I mean? So super important to share your story. Yeah, word. I love storytelling. You know, this is why our show and, you know, our listeners at this point are probably like, where's Jenny Lynn? She hasn't like chimed in this whole time. It's like, well, she had to actually jump off. Um, and so that's why she's not on our call today. But, you know, that's why she don't hear her voice. But anyway, shout out to Jenny Lynn. Hope you're doing okay. <laughs> Whatever you had to jump off to. Well, the reason why I love doing this show is really what we're doing is just exchanging stories. I think the fastest way to, you know, build friendship other than laughter and I think a smile is to share a story, right? Because it's like, oh, and you sharing your story, I can, like, I can relate, you know, just like we were talking about how your relatives, your grandparents were, you know, body shaming <laughs> you essentially. And it's like, I totally get that, you know, like, I totally understand that. And I bet like, that's not even just limited to the Filipino community. I know that can, you know, stretch out to basically all of America and all of the world, <laughs> essentially. Yes. But, you know, it's nice to be so transparent. And I think that when you are more transparent, you humanize yourself and you allow other people to feel safer around you and thus have them open up as well. So, you know, I just really appreciated our conversation today, Maria Victoria, and all the lessons that you had to share. And I hope this was therapeutic for you, <laughs> you know, to just kind of reflect out loud. Yeah, very, much, very much so. Oh, and you, I mean, you mentioned it too. You said laughing and smiling and joking. Honestly, that's another good thing. That's, that's another healthy, healthy way of living this life, uh, especially in military community, laughter and jokes, honestly, yeah. can never get old. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Maria, Victoria, I have absolutely enjoyed our conversation today. And I know that if Jenny Lynn had the chance to be here, she would have as well. But let our listeners know if they want to get a hold of you and reach out, how can they do that? How can they find you online? I do have a website set up because I have too many social media handles. It's, you can find me at MariaVictoriaBennett dot com i have my all my social media links there yeah I, I hear you i have like a million social media links as well so i usually just say go to my website and whatever social media platform you like i'm probably on there <laughs> you can find it straight from my website well awesome well maria victoria thank you thank you so much for your time it was an absolute pleasure having you here today and uh, to our listeners we want to thank you all so much for listening we hope you got a lot out of this conversation and we'll chat with you in the next episode We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. Get access to our show notes and subscribe to our newsletter by checking out the details of this episode on your preferred podcasting platform or visit our website, holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. And while you're on holdingdownthefortpodcast.com, be sure to follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or our YouTube channel. 
If you got a lot of value from today's conversation, kindly leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or leave us a recommendation on our LinkedIn profiles. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time.